brands that learn from the past, are looking to the future, and are profiting because of it today. I'm your host, Mark Stoiber. Big news this week. A group of well-heeled people, including some celebrities, were busted for essentially buying their children admission to prestigious universities. Now, I'm not a political expert or a business expert or an academic expert, but I know a thing or two about brands. And this is a classic story of status symbol brands and what people will do to get them. I went on the air with Mark Brené to discuss. Let's listen in on our conversation. 335-25-244 on our ride home together. It was being called, and probably still is, the largest college admission scam ever prosecuted in the United States. It implicated athletic coaches, exam administrators, and rich parents across numerous states with those rich parents of those rich kids allegedly paying up to $6 million to get those kids into elite schools, including Yale, Georgetown, Stanford, Wake Forest, and the University of Southern California. Let's talk about this and find out how the rich operate. Mark Stoiber is a brand strategy consultant. He's an entrepreneur and the author of Didn't See It Coming, and his latest book is called Stop Busting Your Brand. Marcus, nice to see you. Nice to see you again. I love this story. I'd love to be rich. Yeah, yeah, in a way. Be, I wouldn't want to be rich and get involved in this because it sounds like some rich people are going to be in trouble. Yeah, it's kind of douchey behavior. <laughs> it's it? kind of that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm, uh, as, I, as I say every time I come on, I'm not an expert in business, I'm not an expert in politics, but I do know a thing or two about brands. And what fascinated me about this story was the big connection between what these people were doing and what a lot of people do in their quest for higher status. And it's, it's really funny. I got my start uh, working in Hong Kong in advertising and working with a lot of Hong Kong Chinese kids whose parents would uh, scrub and save and, and do everything possible to get their kids into the best schools in the US. And these parents did not have the wherewithal to afford to, to bribe anyone, but I remember how, what a high bar they set for their children so that these kids could get to, you know, University of Southern California, Yale, Stanford. I, I went to school, I went to, to work with a lot of the kids who were, went to Stanford, University of Southern California. And the thing that I noticed wasn't that these kids were particularly smart, the young people, I mean, we we're all in our 20s. Uh, but that there was a real social status, especially among their peers. You know, we were sort of on the outside. We were the, the, the North Americans living in Hong Kong, but among them and their peers. And what I began to observe was a real culture of one-upmanship through the acquisition of status symbols. And that's something that we do here too, but it was sort of like a really, really blatant thing. And it was funny because I always put it down to them living in a very small space where everybody was confined. They all had very small apartments because space was at a premium, so you couldn't buy a McMansion, you couldn't buy, you know, tons of stuff. So they had to show off in more ethereal things, like the letters behind your name, or a cigarette lighter, or a watch, or the cut of a suit. And, you know, fast forward, we're all human. I'm not singling out the folks in Hong Kong as, as any different. But this story comes up and it really struck a chord to me as somebody who's worked in advertising and somebody who has built brands, status and otherwise. Uh, and I just saw here just this silly behavior by people who are willing to do everything, including scamming the system and, and getting themselves done for fraud. I mean, Lori Loughlin has now been charged. 
Uh, Who's the other one? Hillary? Laura Felicity Huffman. Felicity Huffman. Yeah. Has she been charged? Yeah. I don't know about that, but <clears throat> I, I just saw that Lori, Lori, um, Lori Lachlan has been charged. So she's what? She's some movie star and supposed no, to. No, Family Ties. Who, I think Family Ties. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, who's ex- the boss? Family Ties. Yeah, ties. I know. Yeah, exactly. And um, and and you know they 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 scammed the system. They went with this gentleman named uh, Rick Singer who had this company who actually offered a new way of scamming the system. The old school way is what uh, the Kushners did for their son, Jared Kushner. And they basically bought a wing. They gave millions of dollars to Harvard so that their kid could go to school there. And I mean, that's the old school way. It's perfectly legal. And it, uh, the thing that Singer said was that it doesn't always work. You might end up giving a lot of money to Harvard and your kid still won't get in, although I really kind of question that. How prevalent is that? I believe it's extremely prevalent. Yeah, I think so too. <laughs> I think it's extremely prevalent. I'm not surprised at the actions of the, the rich people because rich people, not all, but mm-hmm. many, uh, they get into a sphere where they believe that the law doesn't apply to them. Yes. And they're used to buy-offs and pay-offs and that kind of thing. And again, I'm not trying to paint a brush, uh, paint it with one brush, but uh, who I find uh, particularly appalling in this story are the athletic coaches, the exam administrators. hmm um, the people that uh, allowed fixed exams to be taken, yes, and people to go in and say, "Oh, you know, I'm, I'm Mark Stoiber. Uh-huh. I'm going to take this exam and score a perfect SAT or whatever, yeah. you know, like a really high SAT." Well, this is a professional exam taker. Uh, how, fun, that, fun, how that can go through and oh, be allowed man. is is beyond me. Fun story: the uh, I believe it was the Georgetown soccer coach who uh, who let kids in. And uh, there was one that he let in, and apparently the, the, the reasoning was that the kid did have strong-looking legs, so it was easy to confuse him <laughs> with a soccer player. They actually photoshopped the kid's face on, a, on another soccer player. Another one was apparently admitted because he was the captain of a, his high school soccer squad. That high school didn't have a soccer squad. <laughs> so there's a lot of funny that's stories terrible. in here, and it's just, I'm human, laughing, it's but just, that's it's just human silliness. But as a brand guy, what interests me is... Uh, the powerful holds that brands have over us, because these weren't just these weren't schools that the kids wanted to get into because it would make them smarter. Trust me, Felicity Hoffman's kids don't need to go and achieve on their own. They've got enough money to burn for the rest of their lives. Same thing, Lori Lachlan. Same thing with all these kids. So this is status. This, this is so that is they can say status. to their other rich buddies that their son or their daughter goes to Yale. Exactly. So I went to Yale. I went to Stanford. Therefore, I am. Elevated, and this is where things get interesting, because what are like what is a, a, a BA at, at at Stanford worth that that makes it so much better than a BA at UBC or UVic? You know, ostensibly nothing. I'm in fact I'm sure that in certain areas every school has real strengths. You know, UBC is very very good in in science. Uh, Calgary is very good in engineering. These schools are no better, but it's that it's that status, and that's where things get interesting, and that's what I want to talk about today. You told me to look at number five on your list, and let's because oh you mentioned you mentioned lighters, and I want to go to this one because this yes. is this is this is intriguing to me. Oh my God! How some rich people, uh, nobody here in Victoria, because we're beautiful people here we're, in British Columbia. We're very quiet, rich people here yeah. too. Well, it's true though. Very quiet. It's true. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've seen some uh, obnoxious uh, Torontonians who really flaunt their but I've never seen this. Um, people who need to smoke, smoking black Russian cigarettes with golden filters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I'm guilty as charged because when, when I was living in Hong Kong, we used to smoke Davidoff. 
Davidoff. Oh, and Davidoff. That's a cigar. They, well, no, they were cigarettes. And Did they have a cigarette? The, a cigarette's a cigarette, right? I mean, except for these black Russian ones. Yeah. They're, they're black with a gold tip, so you can see that they're different, just like the letters from your college. But what we smoked were Davidoff cigarettes, and the, the only thing that set Davidoff apart was that the boxes weren't square. They had corners that were rounded off, like a stop sign a little bit. And we felt five inches taller than the guy smoking cigarettes did next that, to us. Did that impress anybody? It, it impressed the heck out of us. And you know, it's funny how that works because you're a, you're a dummy standing at the bar smoking cigarettes, but you feel yeah, but a little bit higher. Yeah, but you're at, how old were you? I was 25. Okay, you're a dumb young man. Yeah. We're talking about rich people who are successful in various businesses and such. But you should know, I mean, age is no guarantee of wisdom, right? You got that right. Take a look at the White House. <laughs> Anyways, I don't want to talk about that. But I want to talk, this is the thing that you're talking about. Number five, this is from a story, 20 things that super rich people spend money on that poor people like me can't understand. <laughs> And I want to go to one that is a proxy for the, the, the scandal for getting into university. Number 14, rent a disabled person and ruin a great service in Disneyland. Now, I'm not sure if you remember this, but back in 2013, there was a huge scandal where rich people would rent disabled people and push them to the front of the line in Disneyland so they could get on the rides quicker. This was a fantastic service that Disneyland put in place so that families of disabled folks wouldn't have to stand in line for an hour. Right. And they scammed the system. And you're like, oh. They actually, they so actually paid you know, disabled people to, yeah, to pose as, as, the, as their family as, members. As their family members. So there, it, is, it, is, it wow. is like without a bottom. Like it is without a bottom. But OK, so let's get back on. That, I mean, there's a whole bunch of stuff. There's another one, number 13. Um, no, number 12, uh, vodka that is poured over the breasts of young models and sold at double the price. So that's another brand, before that's another it's, brand before idea. Before it's bottled? Before it's bottled, yes. How, how would you know if that's actually That's happened? a very good question, and I think the answer is it isn't. It's a, it's a brand scam. But anyways, that's, we're how still... You, how do you, how do you how market that? How do you do that? that? It's, it's what do you call it, that? It's, it's called more money than brains. What, did, uh, what was the alcohol called? It's called G-Spirits, if you're looking for it. G-Spirits. G-Spirits. Yeah, well, next exactly. time I'm at the pub, I'll, I'll, Eggs, I'll, have, to, have, to I'll have to ask for it. No, I'll have to not ask for that. <laughs> I've got class. So, you know, it's, it's a, it, let's talk about the, this whole idea of status brands and what it's comprised of because the folks that graduate from Stanford, these kids, are not going to be any smarter than if they graduated from a community college. And they're going to have more money than brains for the rest of their lives anyway. So all that matters is the status symbol. So I, I, it's interesting because there are things that identify a status symbol brand that other brands don't necessarily have. Oh, do we have to go for a quick, we have for to, a quick one? We've got to go okay, for a quick Before we go for a quick break, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read you one more more here, which is uh, telephones, telephones uh, that are beyond function and design. Now, I'm not sure if anybody in, in Victoria has ever seen them, but I have. There's a co phone called the Virtue, which goes for a few thousand dollars more than any other phone, and the only identifier is that it has a ringtone that is played by the London Symphony Orchestra, and it comes with nice shiny lights. Why? So that people can see that you have a status symbol. Wow. There's, there's one for everyone to aspire Just to. Put that a in the silly back, phone. Put that in the back of the Beamer. And exactly. A silly phone. I hope you're enjoying the show so far. While we're in a break, don't forget, if you have some brand questions, you can reach out to me anytime. I'm always happy to talk. 351, nine minutes before four. Let's continue our conversation with Mark Stoiber, brand strategy consultant, entrepreneur of uh, the book Didn't See It Coming and his latest Stop Busting Your Brand. We're talking about brands as we do every month. 
And the reason we are this time is a bunch of rich people down in the States are accused, we don't know if they did it, but are accused of using all kinds of money, money talks, to try to get their kids into Yale, Stanford, etc. Georgetown, USC, it goes on and on and on. Uh, let's talk about some of the other crazy things that rich people do with their money because they've got too much money. Yeah. Well, I mean, status brands are status brands pay because I mean, a product only costs so much to manufacture, right? A Louis Vuitton bag doesn't cost a whole lot more than an Adidas sports bag to manufacture, but it costs twenty five hundred to twenty five thousand dollars versus an Adidas bag, which costs seventy five dollars. So there's a huge margin, and where there's huge margin, there's a lot of interest in selling this stuff. So I want to go through just what we do when we're creating status brands. Something that the folks at Stanford and at Yale also do. All right. So the first thing you have to identify a niche segment. Now that means the type of people that you're going to send your message to. If I want to get the folks who uh, were paying for their kids to get into Stanford, I'm not going to go looking at working class folks. One, they don't have the money. Two, they have more sense than money. So they'll go, no, I need my kid to get a job that's going to help them in life, not that's just going to be fancy letters. However, you get to a niche where there's people who have a ton of money, who have everything that money can buy, who don't need birthday presents because they can run out and get them themselves. What are they going to get? They want letters. They want a fancy letter. They want a fancy thing behind their name. They want a hobnob with people who are perhaps one station above. Now imagine uh, an actress. An actress might have come from the scrappy world of the streets where she was in, in Broadway or something like that, and she fought her way to the top. What does she want for her kids? One better, perhaps letters behind their name. Make them, like, one letter more noble, you know? How about uh, Mark Brené? Mark es Esquire. Esquire, PhD, exactly. Yeah. So I identify a niche segment, a small group of people who want exactly what you got. The second thing you got to do, you want to position. And this is what we do with all brands. You position it. You say, if you are this type of person, you are looking for that type of thing, right? People like us buy stuff like that. And you want to position this product based on high levels of differentiation. Now, that gets tricky because Stanford has a degree in engineering, but so does the University of Calgary. So you have to differentiate. It's the school where all the guys in Silicon Valley went to school, right? So you differentiate based on the people who attended there. It's an ethereal thing, but maybe it's real. You know, I went to the same school that Steve Jobs dropped out of. You know, what does that tell you? <laughs> but you think about it. Now, this is a funny Hong Kong story because uh, I remember um, folks used to make a big fuss about their Cartier watches. And I remember one person saying to me, her Cartier watch isn't nearly as good as my Cartier watch. Why? Well, because hers is seven-sided. It's like a stop sign. It has seven sides, I think. And I said, so what does yours have? She says, mine has nine sides. Oh. <laughs> I know. No, it tells time better. I know. So that's that was that that was the differentiation. So that's the second thing. Third, you want to emphasize symbolic value. What you will be when you have this Louis Vuitton bag. Now, a Louis Vuitton bag carries things just like an ordinary paper plastic shopping bag. However, it also carries you. Right? There's a symbolic value and that value is you have arrived. You are a per person of a certain taste and distinction and, and uh, value, money value, and you appreciate the finer things in life. You'll buy the $250 bottle of wine instead of the $25 bottle. 
The next one, you have to create perceptions of exclusivity. Not everyone can get into Stanford, you know. It's only for the 5%, unless you're an athlete where 86% get in who apply. But you have to create this perception of exclusivity that other people can't have this Louis Vuitton bag or this nine-sided Cartier watch. And that's when they bring in these uh, uh, limited edition things. Exactly. That's why Louis Vuitton, if they have excess merchandise, they destroy it. You will not. They actually do. They, they destroy do. It. They do destroy it. You will not find it at Winners. And you think about it. Think about that. Uh, the the feeling you get, or the feeling I get, when yeah. I go to Winners and I see something that's a really cool brand, I go, Oh, score! This one must have slipped through. Well, somebody who's really wealthy doesn't want to see me score wearing the same shirt or the way, same jacket. I want jacket. to see you with a Louis Vuitton bag. I, well, you know what? I'm going, to bring in, I'm going to bring in my Louis Vuitton bag. And, uh, you know, that's Mont Blanc. I have a Mont Blanc limited edition pen because I'm a writer. But it writes like another pen. It writes like a 30-cent ballpoint, you know? Yeah. But it, you only have 800 of them made or 8,000 of them made or whatever the number is. Limited edition art, same thing, right? It creates that sort of scarcity that makes us very, very excited as humans, completely irrational. Next thing, an uncompromising delivery on superior brand performance. Now, when you go to Stanford, it's a beautiful campus. I've been there, I've walked around as close as I could get. <laughs> Then they kicked you out. Then they kicked. They <laughs> saw me and they kicked me out. Uh, but you know, you 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 walk through there. You go. This place feels smart. You know, I'm sure Harvard's the same thing. I'm sure all all the uh, Ivy League schools are the same. And they have all the gear. And they have you know the 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 the, the standards, the clubs, everything about it. They deliver on the brand promise at every touch point. That's it's, what we call it's it. It's a mystique, though, right? It I is. Mean, you know, it's it's Harvard Law brands, School. Brands yeah. are mystique, right? Brands are nothing. There is nothing to a brand. It's not a function. It is a perception. And that's what makes this story so interesting is that people were willing to debase themselves to such a level that they might get arrested to get to that higher perception. Not very smart people. I, I know, but you know, you don't have to be smart to be to buy expensive. Uh, but I just I find this sort of stuff fascinating because what it is, it's human folly. You know, written again and again and again. Yeah. That's what it's all about. Uh, quick thought on uh, on Boeing. Boeing. Quick thought on Boeing. Are they going to recover? Yeah, it's a huge company. Uh, this is just one line of aircraft that it's had uh, some major mm -hmm. problems with. Some bad press, obviously. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, this airplane that's crashed twice. Mm -hmm. uh, it looked like the stock market didn't really change too much on it. I don't know. I don't know where that's going to go, but I do have an opinion on what they what they did right and what they did wrong. Tell me. I think uh, I think one thing that they no they actually I don't think they did anything right. Uh, <laughs> the one thing that one thing that they did extremely wrong was that uh, it got leaked that the the pilots were demanding a software update on this plane. So that, because apparently the the artificial intelligence took over and did bad things. So the pilots were saying this place is this thing is scary. Fix it. They didn't fix it. And then they went political when it got when it came time to pull the planes. Uh, unlike that, the pill manufacturer who had their pills poisoned and then they, pulled, they pulled it off the shelves right away, yep. these guys fought it. What they should have done is got one step ahead of the regulators and say, we don't care if the plane's unsafe or not. We believe it's safe, but we don't care. So we're going to pull it off until we can be perfectly confident of your safety, the passenger. Instead, what they did, they fought it every step of the way. Another example, how every day in life, if you're a person or uh, even a major company, honesty Always wins. Honesty, there's nothing better. Nothing better there than honesty. There is nothing, unless you're Batman, then be Batman. <laughs>
right? Okay. The only thing better than honesty. I honestly don't get that, but okay. <laughs> Thanks for coming in, Batman. Thanks for having me, sir. Mark Stoiber, brand strategy consultant, entrepreneur, author of a couple of books, didn't see it coming, and his latest, Stop Busting Your Brand.